Good afternoon, folks. This is JD Confidential of the Black Roses and Poetry podcast. I'm flying solo today. I know it's been a long time since we've updated our podcast. I just wanted to let you know what's been going on. As you know, I'm an attorney. And I've been working overtime, basically, for over a year. At this point... My work schedule is slowed down, and with the coronavirus outbreak around the world, and particularly in the state where I live, in the United States, um, I've been working from home for the last week, and that's not likely to change. So given that it is my lunch hour on a beautiful sunny Friday afternoon, where it's almost 80 degrees outside, even though, you know, it's the first full day of spring in the Northern Hemisphere, somehow it's still 80 degrees, I figured it might be a good time for me to record again. It's sad that I don't have Professor Murder with me, um, but he's a teacher, and he's been doing his classes online, and he's been very busy with teaching using YouTube. Um which is a new experience for him. So I don't want to bother him with this at this stage. Maybe at some point I will give him a call and have him added to this program, or I will broadcast another episode with the two of us not in the same room recording, but recording remotely with each other by telephone. And given that travel has been restricted for the most part where we live, that's probably for the best. So I hope all of you out there who are listening are doing well, that you're staying healthy, that you're practicing social distancing so you and everybody you know and love stays healthy as well. And here's just some poetry for you, some relief while we wait out the coming storm. So the poet that I've chosen for today is Dylan Thomas. He's a Welsh poet. He was born in 1914 and he passed away in 1953 in New York while he was on a poetry tour there. He was a prolific poet, and he often wrote in prose style, which means that he did not use a standard poetic style where there were standard line breaks or meter in that way, but he did use poetic device. However, he is very well known for a particular poem that used the style of Villanelle, uh, the title of which is Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night, and I will be reading that poem later in the episode. So that you understand the context here, he was born at the beginning of World War One, and he was ill most of his life, and when it came time for World War Two, he managed to get himself on the list of people who would be recruited last because of his health conditions. And when I say he had health conditions, I mean, there were times when he was bedridden due to respiratory illness. He did marry and he had three children. He often had affairs um, with other women while he was married. And he did have trouble with alcohol. There are times when he would drink before his performances and where he would appear, appear intoxicated while giving performances. 
However, much like Ginsburg, whose poetry we explored on an earlier episode of our podcast, he was an intense performer. Someone described him as an intoxicating performer. He wrote prolifically, not just poetry, but he worked as a writer, so he was a journalist for a while, and he wrote scripts for the BBC as well. So this is somebody who did a lot of writing, did a lot of thinking, and was an accessible person, figure within the literary community in Britain and in Wales for most of his career. So I'm going to start with some poems that are in the Immortal Poems of the English Language, which is an anthology edited by Oscar Williams. Um, Dylan Thomas is in the last section of the book. So the first poem that we're going to do is one that was published early in his career. Light breaks where no sun shines is the name of the poem. Light breaks where no sun shines, where no sea runs, the waters of the heart push in their tides, and broken ghosts with glowworms in their heads, the things of light, they file through the flesh where no flesh decks the bones. A candle in the thighs warms youth and seed and burns the seeds of age, where no seed stirs, the fruit of man unwrinkles in the stars. Bright as a fig, where no wax is, the candle shows its hairs. Dawn breaks behind the eyes, from poles of skull and toe the windy blood slides like a sea, nor fence nor stake the gushers of the sky spout to the rod, divining in, the, in a smile the oil of tears. Night in the sockets rounds, like some pitch moon, the limit of the globes. Day lights the bone, where no cold is, the skinning gales unpin the winter's robes. The film of spring is hanging from the lids. Light breaks on secret lots, on tips of thought where thoughts smell in the rain. When logics die, the secret of the soil grows through the eye, and blood jumps in the sun. Above the waste allotments, the dawn halts. People who have examined this poem believe that it's about hope and faith and how hope can spring up in defiance of all logic. And once it does, how it inspires an entire range of emotion in a person. Certainly that's something that we hope to inspire right now. Light and hope and joy in the face of everything that we're experiencing. Certainly, like Thomas expresses in his poem, I think we'd all like to feel a wave of joy and hope in this time. So the next poem that I'm going to go into is Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. And this, like I said earlier, is a villanelle. So this is written in a specific rhyme scheme format. Um, villanelles are a little difficult to follow. I've written one in my life, and I may read it later in the program. Um, so for those who are unfamiliar with the rhyme scheme of a villanelle and its format, it 
contains 19 lines and it consists of five tercets, which is a three line rhyme scheme of ABA, um, followed by a quatrain. So that's, um, you know, normally an AB and then something else in the, the four line ending of it. So the five tercets, usually it's ABA and then, you know, AB repeat one of the prior lines. And then you do that throughout the poem. Um, so this is a very famous example of a villanelle that I'm about to read. Um, so see if you can pick up on the rhyme scheme here. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end no dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So this is a poem about death. Um, even though light is used here again in the same sort of way that light is used in his prior poem, light is used here to symbolize life. It's theorized that Thomas wrote this poem because he watched his father dying of an illness. Um, and the narrator of the poem is also experiencing the death of his father. And that's seen in the last stanza of the poem, the last four lines. So witnessing the death of his father makes the speaker in the poem think about death in a more general way. The beginning of the poem focuses on different types of people and how they will have to face death at some point as well. The speaker in the poem realizes that death can't be avoided, but it can be challenged, and that it's your duty to challenge death. That you shouldn't accept it passively, but that you should fight. That struggling against death is a very human reaction to it. Interestingly, even though this poem was written in 1947, while Thomas was in Italy, his father didn't pass away until Christmas of 1952, and the poem was published in 1952, um, less than a year before Thomas himself passed away. So let's do one more poem by Thomas before it's time for me to maybe read one of mine and sign off, because lunch hour is almost over. So this one is going to come from the book again. It's called Fern Hill. 
Now as I was young and easy under the apple boughs, about the lilting house and happy as the grass was green, the night above the dingle starry, time let me hail and climb golden in the heydays of his eyes, and honored among wagons I was prince of the apple towns, and once below a time I lordly had the trees and leaves trail with daisies and barley down the rivers of the windfall light. And as I was green and carefree, famous among the barns, about the happy yard and singing as the farm was home, in the sun that is young once only, time let me play and be golden in the mercy of his means, and green and golden I was huntsman and herdsman. The calves sang to my horn, the foxes on the hills barked clear and cold, and the Sabbath rang slowly, the pebbles of holy streams. All the sun long it was running, it was lovely, the hayfields high as the house, the tunes from the chimneys, it was air and playing, lovely and watery and fire green as grass. And nightly under the simple stars as I rode to sleep, the owls were bearing the farm away. All the moon long I heard, blessed among the stables, the night jars flying with the ricks and the horses flashing into the dark. And then to awake and the farm like a wanderer white with dew, come back, and the cock on his shoulder. It was all shining. It was Adam and Maiden. The sky gathered again, and the sun grew round that very day. So it must have been after the birth of the simple light, in the first spinning place, the spellbound horses walking warm out of the winning green stable, onto the fields of praise, and honored among foxes and pheasants by the gay house, under the new-made clouds, and happy as heart, was long. In the sun, born over and over, I ran my heedless ways. My wishes raced through the house-high hay, and nothing I cared. At my sky-blue trades, that time allows, in all his tuneful turning, so few and such morning songs before the children green and golden follow him out of grace. Nothing I cared in the lamb-white days that time would take me up to the swallow-thronged loft by the shadow of my hand in the moon that is always rising, nor that riding to sleep I should hear him fly with the high fields and wake to the farm forever fled from the childless land. Oh, as I was young and easy in the mercy of his means, time held me green and dying, though I sang in my chains like the sea. So this is a poem about the poet's time on his childhood farm. It's a childhood experience, a happy experience of innocence before the knowledge of death and the responsibilities of adulthood attach. There are biblical references in the poem to Eden and to Adam and Eve and to things being simple and innocent. So as you can see, Dylan Thomas was quite the prolific author in prose style, which, by the way, makes it difficult to read the poems sometimes because you're not sure where the lines end as you're looking at the page. He wrote about life and death, and he wrote about innocence, and he wrote about what it means to be human and to have hope. I think that's an important thing to think about as we're sitting and exploring 
how things are changing in the world and how quickly things have changed in only the last few weeks for just about everybody in the world. Have hope, people. Have hope. Live simply. Don't hoard the toilet paper. Know that you are loved by those around you, in your family and in your community. Know that there is hope and light for you. And rage against the dying of that light. And on that note, I'm going to read you a poem that I wrote that is in the Villanelle style. Nowhere near as good as Dylan Thomas's, but it's something that comes from my heart and that described the relationship between two of my friends that I saw not going where it should have. It's called What Dreams Remain. Smile through the pain to have given loves a virtue. Shattered dreams remain. Recall our so-called lasting bond, unnumbered broken vows I left you, smile through the pain. And still you do not dare respond as my final words ring untrue. Shattered dreams remain. The real world fails to correspond with actions that you misconstrue. Smile through the pain. Grasp silent memories most fond, a heart blind to its own value. Shattered dreams remain. Love's final loss leads to despond. Gone, your will to argue end to smile through the pain. Shattered dreams remain. So if you can remember the rhyme scheme that I told you about before, where it's an ABA and there's a repetition of certain lines of the poem and it's 19 lines, um, it does follow the format. Again, I think Thomas's work is much, much better than mine. But it is possible to structure your work in the manner of a villanelle, if you so choose. So again, folks, as I'm about to sign off, and I know this was a short episode, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something about Dylan Thomas. I hope that you are finding yourselves healthy and well, mentally and physically, because mental health, especially in this time, is very important as well and that you are persevering and finding light and hope in your life, despite maybe being confined where you are or not being able to mingle among your friends as you're used to. This is JD Confidential from the Black Roses and Poetry Podcast, bidding you a good afternoon. <laughs>